ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Evening Jones. Um, I was trying to think if I had anything like, you know, from my life and travels and stuff that uh, you guys might find to be interesting. And hmm, I suppose that it has been fairly uneventful uh, since the last time I talked to you, except for the fact that it was like 67 degrees out here today. And bruh, let me tell you, I believe we have discussed this matter before, but I am a little shocked, appalled, and disappointed in myself with the level of excitement that I now have about 67 degrees. Whew. Man, it was gorgeous. Anyway, uh, let us move on to your questions. You are from Texas. Do you find Old Country Road is hot as the rest of the country? Is that the little Nas X dude? The, the song that it made the country chart and then they kicked it out the country chart because they said it wasn't country enough to be in the country chart. Is that the one? Um, I have never heard the song. I have read a bit about it. People are basically saying the song is dope because it's trap enough to be trap, but country enough to be country. And I understand the controversy that is surrounded about the charts. People, you know, talking about a little bias, all that stuff like that. But let me explain something to you. If your selling point is it's like a trap record, except it sounds like a country song, I ain't really going out of my way to check that shit out. Now, like, if it happens to be somewhere and I come across it, that might happen. And who knows? Maybe tomorrow when I'm getting ready for work or whatever, I decide to go ahead and check it out. I don't know. I, I can't really answer it for you in that way. But I have to say it's trap and it's country at the same damn time. It's just not enough of an advertisement for me to be like, ooh, let me go peep it. So I might peep it. I mean, it sounds like from, you know, listening to some of y'all, y'all really think it's jamming. And bless your hearts if you do. Uh, but no, nah, I ain't. Uh, nah, 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 nah. I'm not rushing. I'm not rushing to do that. Hell, I ain't rushed to go listen to that new damn Marvin Gaye album. Um, I guess at some point I'll get around to that. I feel very, This is how I feel about that Marvin Gaye record. If you ain't got around to putting this out till now, like, I just don't feel too much like this is something I, no, 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 Like, I see there's a question that's in here. My man said, what does your the man reveal about Marvin during the period between what's going on and let's get it on? I thought that this was between let's get it on and um, I want you. Do I have that wrong? But I could have sworn that it was it was the later period. And I mean, I've, I feel like I've read enough about uh, Marvin and that time period. I've got a pretty good idea what Marvin was up to. You know what he was up to? Cocaine. That's what he was up to. That's what he was into. Lots of cocaine. Um. Okay, it was going to be the follow-up to what's going on. All right, I had it wrong. I do know this, that Marvin fought to put what's going on out. Barry Gordy, up to the last time I checked, still claimed that he did not understand that record. I mean, it seems like a pretty straightforward record, but it was beyond the realm of Barry Gordy's I Run a Record Company Mind. Like, like he, he just could not comprehend what that record was. Um, 
And so after this, you get what's going on. And Marvin always felt that like these seductive, sexy songs were like exploitation. He felt that black artists had to do this and white folks did not have to do this. Where what he really wanted to do was like sit on a stool and sing standards. Like he wanted to be a singer more in line with Frank Sinatra than music that I think we'd all agree was ultimately more interesting. So, you know, yeah, that's kind of where he was in between the two, as far as I know. I just want to take this opportunity to remind people that we got a whole lot of we going to cancel, um, what's his name? We going to cancel R. Kelly out here in these streets. And for what it's worth, I understand and I'm with you if that's the decision that you want to make. I just do find a certain measure overlap between the people who could be very, very fervent on that case and be so excited about a new Marvin Gaye record coming out. Yeah. Not like Marvin Gaye has any history with underage women or anything like that. Now, of course, R. Kelly, again, is like an apex predator in this discussion. So it's not to say that anybody's necessarily like a direct comp to R. Kelly. However, I mean, I don't think cancellation only applies to the apex predator, given the way that people throw that cancellation thing or whatever it is around as such. As I've said before, I'll say it again. Whole lot of people out here making a whole lot of exceptions. Not even judging you for that fact. Just asking you to acknowledge. it. Appreciate the question. Let me see what else we got here. Speaking of music, how did you feel when you heard about Nipsey Hussle's death? Um, feel. That's an interesting choice of word in this case, because I personally didn't like feel um, anything. I had never listened to his music, um, honestly, until he died. I just never got around to it. And I'm going to be honest with you. Um, I didn't like his name. Like, I was like, what? I was like, Nipsey Hustle? I ain't listening to that. Right. I wasn't going out of my way to do that. Today, uh, while I was going around the city, I listened to uh, the marathon. Yo, that was dope. <laughs> like, my bad. I was late. I was snoozing. He's killing it track after track after track in a way that. I did not expect, again, I really wasn't feeling that name, right? Like, I thought I was expecting to get something totally different than I did. And that dude was on there rapping his ass off, track after track after track. And so I'm the wrong person to ask if you want, like, a first-person, you know, how I felt about Nipsey Hussle thing. That being said, all it really took was one spin through the marathon for me to be able to understand what's going on here. Like, I, I read you know, a lot of stuff about what he was doing, you know, around South LA and stuff like that. But in listening to the music, I was like, okay, I see why this was the guy that so many people connected to. And that's before we get to all the things that he was able to do with the money that he stacked up. Um, I was like, oh, okay, no, 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 no. I get it. Like, this is kind of like, I was talking to my homeboy who's a DJ and he said with Boosie, and I was late on Boosie in this way too, but he said he was late on Boosie. He said he had totally misunderstood what the deal was with Boosie. He said he was somewhere, and he saw some dude break down crying 
and Boosie, like Boosie showed up in the club and this grown man broke down crying, talking to Boosie, telling him everything that Boosie meant to him. And then I went back in the catalog and I was like, oh, OK, this is a lot more of a Pimp C type situation than I realized with Boosie. Like I got what the personal connection was because it was so in his case, it was like so confessional. What I felt like listening to Nipsey was that one, there was a contagious sort of enthusiasm, you know. Like it was overwhelmingly positive music. That was like the first thing that jumped out to me there was kind of like the positivity of it. And I don't mean positive in some, I don't want to say corny sense, but you know what I mean? Like, I don't mean positive, like, oh man, he was even conscious about this. No, I meant positive in the sense, at least with that record, that the focus was just on what was good. You know, the focus is on the good that he was trying to achieve, the good that he had managed to do, to do and the bad that he managed to escape. Like, that was that was really what I felt in that. Like, I felt, I said on TV today about it, I felt like it was aspirational music. You know, like, it was the kind, it was music that I could see people listening to and that music making them want to do better. And so when you lose a cat like that in the fashion that he lost his life, man, that's going to be a ruffle for a lot of people, especially for the people who see themselves in him. Like, that's going to be... That's going to be a rough one. I actually, like, I met him very briefly uh, through some friend of a friend stuff. I actually hung out in his box at the All-Star game in L.A. last year. Yeah, like, I dapped him up when he walked in, and that was it. So I don't want to pretend like I got some, like, deep connection. But that's my Nipsey Hustle spread, and there was nice. Yeah. But I think there's a different sort of tragedy that comes with some, somebody dies, and it's somebody with a vision. Because I think that's part of what strikes me in looking at everything that's come up about him, you know, after the fact. This is a cat with a vision. Like, of what he wanted to do, with what he saw, all of those things. Like, he managed to win. And he won in a way that I think is interesting in that he tried to... Like, I remember I read something once, when Scoop Jackson, the ESPN, was talking about this, still living on the south side of Chicago after he made it. And he was like, look, man, somebody's got to stay. Can't everybody leave? You know, somebody's got to stay. And I don't know where Nipsey lived or anything like that, but like it was, he was staying, you know, like I'm going to stay here and I'm going to try to make this thing crack here so that the people here that I love can do the things that they also want to do. Hey, man, that dude was 33 years old. Like, like, look, like if something happened to me tomorrow, it'd be like, at least I hope you'd say, like, damn, what's a damn shame, man? That cat was so young. Dog, I'll be 39 in August. You know, this dude's 33 years old and got popped in, like, popped in front of his store. Man, that's rough stuff, man. Somebody else asked the question. It's like, am I the only person who didn't know that Nipsey Hussle was this big? Um, I think there's something to that, except I don't think that this is really a matter of not realizing how big he was, because I don't know how, quote unquote, big he was. I'm not exactly sure the best way to measure big in this sense. But what I do think you have here and knowing enough about the nature of how he built his career. What he what he built and I think the place where he was. And part of the reason why I'd say that maybe big is not the right way to put it is that he's in a place that I consider to be better than big, which is big enough. And I mean that in the sense that it seems like he was still in a place where 
his work was overwhelmingly and primarily consumed by the people who love it. Like I always say, when something gets big, you start talking about things getting into some mainstream space. And this is something I think about in the work that I do. But like when something gets big and something gets in this mainstream space, when it's small and it's early and it's intimate, you are serving the people who came here for you. The bigger it gets, the more you are there to serve the people who are just here. Like you're not serving the people who love you. You are more beholden. The bigger you get, the more beholden you are to people who don't like you than they are than you are to people who do in a lot of cases. And it seemed like what he did was get this a really big base of the people who did like him, but still operating on a scale that allowed him to do the things that serve them rather than being caught in a place where you're trying to serve people who might not like you at all. Like I've talked about this on this podcast before, but I think it's still worth mentioning that. I saw something that Chuck D once said. I can't remember where it was. It might have been on Twitter, but he was like, look, man, if if you got a a band or whatever it is and your Facebook fan page has 10 uh, followers, then what you do needs to serve those 10 people. If it gets to 11, then you need to serve those 11. But he's like serving people like serving the people who aren't there is corporate thinking. Corporations could go about this and try to serve people who don't really love them like that. Nipsey was at a space that I imagine is a beautiful one to be in professionally. Well, you ain't got to worry about that. Appreciate the question. Let me see what else we got here. I know Pablo has been away a little bit lately, but do you get tired of talking to Pablo? I can't imagine having to talk to the same person on TV five days a week. Like, serious question, bro. You don't have anybody in your life that you have to talk to five days a week. Like you act like talking to somebody five days a week is like the hardest thing in the world. Like you ain't got nobody that you talk to five days a week. Like now nah, talking to Pablo five days a week ain't hard because Pablo's my man. Like we're cool, we cool before we did this. So no, that's not that's not really going to be the thing. The other thing about I think about the way our office setup is, it ain't like we up under each other no ten hours a day or nothing like that. Like it doesn't it doesn't work out that way. I have never I have not I and mean, I can't speak for him, but. I have not gotten to a point ever where it's just like, oh, I just can't stand to see this dude's face. It's not happening. Hell, I talked to Dan five days a week for four years. Appreciate the question. Next here we got, have you heard the new Juvenile Birdman album and your thoughts on the cash money relationships over the years? First of all, Cooper, we don't do that. Your thought shit on this. You got a question, ask it. Have you heard the new Juvenile Birdman album? Now it's a question. Your thoughts, that don't work. You don't pay me enough for that. Anyway, if you would like to know some of my thoughts on those relationships, however, um, check out The Right Time on Thursday, April the 4th. And on Thursday, April the 4th, you will hear an interview that I did with Juvenile. I haven't heard the album yet, though. The interview with Juvenile was really dope. Appreciate the question. Let's see what else we got here. Uh, somebody in here got a question I can't answer directly, but... I will just tell you, I am really not inspired by the money anybody else is making because I'm not really inspired by the money that I make. I just make it. And more questions would be helpful, folks. There you go. Do you have any plans to invest in any communities you previously lived in while growing up? Like, what does that mean? 
serious question. When you say investing in the communities that I grew up in, what does that mean? Number one. And number two, what I think is maybe a more important question. What kind of communities do you think I have grown up in? Because I find that people only use this term in your community and is investing in it. They only ask that stuff of black people. That's it. We're the only ones that's a damn community. Don't nobody talk about no white community. There ain't no white community. You know what they are? White people. They get to be people. They ain't got to be no community or nothing else, right? They just people. So, I mean, I mean this seriously, not even to be rude, Colby. Like, what? Uh, what do you mean by investing in my community? Because, like, I can tell you about the community that I grew up in, and uh, the white folks don't need my help. Now, every time I come back, the white folks don't put something new up everywhere. Like, that community I grew up in? No, they are just fine without me. They are doing okay. Uh, also, I ain't really got that kind of money. <laughs> yeah. There's that. But now nah, I guess, you know what? I guess the answer is no. I suppose I plan at some point to donate some money to my alma mater. Maybe that will count as a community that I grew up in. But the communities I've lived in, like how funny would that be, guys? If I was like, yo, I'm going to invest money in the, I'm going to invest in my old community, the city of Miami Beach. I mean, I live there. Appreciate the question. Let's see what else we got here. How good was it to prank Will Kane? Guys, we didn't prank Will Kane. Will was in on the joke. We were all in the group chat for the show on Sunday trying to think of what we would do for April Fool's. And I was like, yo, why don't we act like Will's going to be on the show? But let's make sure we tell him quick that it's just a joke because otherwise there's going to be a whole lot of people that turn the channel. That's part of why it was going to be such a great joke. And Will was kind enough to join us and be part of it, right? But somehow y'all think that Will Kane had no idea that I was in the room. Like, what did y'all think I did? Like, do you think I was a Ninja Turtle and I jumped out from a, like under a manhole cover and then popped up out the ground? And Will's like, oh, wow, what are you doing here? Like, do you think the set has secret compartments or something like that? I was sitting back against the wall and then the camera angle changed and then you were able to see that I was there. Come on, man. Like, on top of that, like, I guess this is just what a lot of y'all wanted to see. But I feel like I would have to be an extraordinarily cruel person to, like, humiliate that man on television. We ain't, like, friends. Like, how cool would you have to be with somebody for you to be all right with them doing that? We're, we're not, like, homies. So, God, just, just, like, stop being stupid. And people get mad at me when I come in here on the podcast and I call people stupid. But what am I supposed to do when y'all say dumb shit to me like that? Appreciate the question. Let's see what we got here. 
<laughs> Somebody said, have you ever witnessed Will Kane and Pablo talking about who got the highest LSAT score? No, I have not. And suddenly now I want to find a way to make that happen. Between the untimely death of two rappers, one of their connections to a Dr. Sebi movie, and the release of the movie Us, has conspiracy theory Twitter been as annoying to you as it been on my timeline? Here's my question about your timeline with regard to all these things. Who exactly is it that you following that's putting these people onto your stuff? Like, I saw people mention the Dr. Sebi dude. I don't know nothing about that. Like, then I looked it up, and, like, some they thought he had to cure for HIV and that they then what what he got killed behind that like is that what the story was I don't know what this documentary was apparently Nipsey was funding the documentary I don't know what distrib- like what distribution means on this. I don't know nothing about what any of that is here's what I do want people to start considering though These sorts of theories and things, at least as far as I can tell, only seem to gain legitimate oxygen from people trying to dunk on them. That's the only way they get in the air. I did not find out about this Dr. Sebi movie from anybody who actually believed that there was a conspiracy behind killing Nipsey Hussle. No, you know who I found out about that movie from? From people who think that whole idea is ridiculous, but then brought the idea into my face so I could see them talk about how it is ridiculous. That's the only way that I know. Like all these cats that were like kind of fringe type figures, the people who are making them more and more mainstream are the people who claim to be opposed to them. This is the same thing I say about people like Tommy Laren and all those types. Why, like, why are you talking about them if you think they're this stupid? Just let it ride. Like, they don't become the, like, what's the woman's name? Uh, Candace Owens. I don't personally know anybody that rides for Candace Owens. The only way that I know about Candace Owens is from the people who think that she's ridiculous. I have no actual evidence that like she has a base that can move anything. I got no evidence that she has any real influence on anything. She seems to have her greatest level of influence on the people who say they don't listen. And so that's the thing I see that comes up with a lot of this stuff. And look, I mean, I've done a lot of dunking on people on Twitter. Don't get me wrong. Like, you know this. But here's the thing. I'm getting these people out of my mentions. Like, they are bringing this stuff to me. Y'all don't have to deal with any of it if you don't want to. Y'all ain't got to peep none of this stuff. Like, you don't have hundreds of people in your mentions bringing this. Hell, you got notifications on your phone for when you get a mention. My battery would die if I did that. Like, y'all ain't got to do that. So these cats are out here saying something dumb. It is rarely ever when these people are saying something dumb that it is, I am telling this person that what they're saying is dumb. And again, I engage in sort of this behavior too, so I get it. No, what we do is we send it to all our friends. And we're like, hey, look at who this dumb person is. Like, I don't have any reason to think that there are some significant number of people that think that there was a conspiracy behind Nipsey getting shot. 
There's not. But all it takes is a couple people to get a hold of the same person. And then next thing you know, we don't turn a person into people. Appreciate the question. Let me see what else we got here. Wow. No disrespect to you guys, but not your greatest uh, set of questions. I can only be as good as you are. Here we go. Do you believe Chris Rock's jokes on Jesse at the NAACP Image Awards were insensitive or no topics or off limits for old school comedians? First of all, am I old enough that where Chris Rock counts as an old school comedian? Number two, I don't know what his jokes actually were. As we sit here, I believe that I will try to uh, find the jokes. And give you my professional opinion as to whether or not they were going too far. My guess is they did not go too far because this is kind of the first that I'm hearing of them. But let us see. Um, honestly, I don't know what joke there is to tell about Jesse at this point. That's off limits. Like that man done demanded that we laugh at him. He's kind of given us no choice. And you know why? Because my man's still talking. Like, when he came out after that happened, he was still like, yo, man, I don't know what happened. You got off. Don't be telling us nothing about how you still really in it. You ain't do nothing. Okay, cool, Pony. You ain't do nothing. That's fine. Yeah, we're going to act like we don't notice none of this other stuff. That's cool. Whatever. You know, ain't for me to say. Right? Like, okay, got it. That's where it is. So, like, I'm here for the Jesse joke. I'm trying to think of on what basis the Jesse joke is not appropriate. Like, real talk, like, why, why why, would at any point I not be joking? Oh, he said the producers told him not to joke about Jesse, which is funny. They said, no, Jesse Smollett jokes. What a waste of light skin, you know? You know what I could do with that light skin, that curly hair? My career would be out of here. Okay, that's hilarious. That is hilarious. Now, I understand why someone might think that it is a joke that is off limits because it is a skin tone joke. But the reality of the situation is that there is a certain privilege that is afforded to light skinned people in this society. We all know that that is true. And if you say that joke right there the right way, that is really, really, really funny. Now, the problem is it does go back to like some old school notions that are certainly problematic. And you're like, gee, Bomani, what kind of old school notes are you talking about, for example? Like, my daddy has talked about how if there was a light-skinned woman back in the day who was not attractive in the little town he was from, they would refer to that as wasted yellow. Yeah, yeah, like, oh, wow, that, that reeks of problems. There, there's all kinds of things wrong with that approach wasted yellow yeah louisiana yeah like that's that that's that's what they would call that right so like when i first hear chris rock say that it's like oh but then when he's like oh man i'd run hollywood if i did that yeah sorry man that's funny but again funny and appropriate don't mean the same thing just in case i have co-signed something that could get me canceled 
or given that appearance as I co-sign nothing. Lose my job. Chris Rock told a joke. All right, let me see, let me see what else, let me see what else, let me see what else. Damn, Jamie Foxx is 51? How often do you answer your own questions? Huh? All right, let's see here. I just saw one I thought was interesting. Where was it? There we go. Have you seen any of the Twitter conversations around Meg the Stallion and women in rap? I mean, I'm sure I've seen some of them. How about you tell me what you're talking about? Like, have I seen a conversation? Yes. What conversation are you talking about? Um, here's the thing about Megan the Stallion. It don't matter what she rapping about. It don't matter how she look rapping about it. None of that. She can rap her ass off. Like, for real, for real rap. Like, I mean, you know, we can get down to, you know, getting into the patriarchy and everything else. But first and foremost, as somebody who really likes rap music, she can really, 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 really rap. Yes, this is definitely, from what I can tell, coming a bit from the little Kim paradigm. It was like, I'm kicking it like a dude, except I'm a woman. And there's certain liberation that comes from that, all of that. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do that. You know, you can parse, you can break that down. That ain't really so much my space. All I know is everything I've heard her on was jamming and she was rapping. Like, there we go from there. So anyway, what are the conversations on Twitter that we're talking about here that I'm supposed to be answering? Anybody? Can anybody give me something about these conversations that's been going on? Because I'm not sure if you guys have noticed. I've tried to avoid, like, seeing... No disrespect. But there's a reason why people come here to hear what I think. Yet, I'm not going out of my way to see what they think. You feel me? All right. So nobody over here can tell me what these conversations are about women and rap that people are talking about. I don't know. Okay. People are mad she's naked. They need to get over it. You know what she's kind of doing, though? I want you to think about this. And this has just kind of come to me off the top of my head. And you let me know what you think. Is Megan, like, like, is the analog to her kind of sort of LL Cool J? So, like, you think about LL Cool J, for example. LL Cool J was, like, Kind of hater proof. Like, in a lot of ways, LL Cool J is like, if you were to make an MC from Granite, especially like in 1985, right? Um, he was hard as these dudes. Like, like, it's not gangster per se, but you know what I mean, right? Like, this is hardcore stuff that he was doing by and large. Women loved him and found him to be attractive, and he absolutely played into what it was that women wanted shirt off and all of that stuff like that, right? Like he definitely did that, but he was still like, I'm hard as y'all, hard as these cats, but I can go do it with these cats. Okay. Megan, who I mean, like we could just objectively say, I mean, I saw somebody say one day on the internet where they like, why she call herself the stallion when a stallion is a male horse? And my only response to that is, son, where are you from? Like, I'm sorry. 
Maybe this is just the fact that I'm from Houston and she from Houston and this stallion is just a term that we use, but nobody was really thinking about it that deep, man. Right? Like, you know a stallion when you see one. And here's the thing about Megan the Stallion. I ain't heard one person yet be like, how's she going to call herself a stallion? Nope, 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 nope. Nope, 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 nope. Uh-uh. The one part that ain't nobody got no question about is whether or not that's a stallion. Everybody's in agreement on that one. Girls with it, dudes with it, everybody in agreement. That's a stallion right there. Okay? So, that part is the case. And, like I said before, she out here rapping. Like, for real, rapping. So, like, at that age, you know what I mean? Like, I see an LL Cool J comparison if you needed to make her the female something. Like, if you're the type that thinks like that. I see a certain measure of comparison there. So, of course, you got the people that's out here talking about, well, Megan be out here twerking, and if she wants to be taken seriously, she need to stop twerking. Yeah, because there's all these women out here that's rapping and not twerking that y'all are taking seriously, right? For real? Let me tell you something, man. Y'all going to need to learn this. These women that you think, y'all ain't like, you know, uh, what you call it? They, you know, these women that you about, you know, you want to take serious because they don't be twerking? Nah, partner. They just don't be twerking it for you. They twerking for me. They ain't twerking it for you. And you know why? Because you out here acting like you can't take them seriously if they twerking. Me? I understand the meaning, time, and place. Time and place. And you need to understand that. Is there anybody in here that remembers that legendary day where I got into that Twitter fight with Two Ray? Anybody remember that? I'll tell you about it. Y'all remember Two Ray. Anyway, Two Ray was on the Twitter one day. And Two Ray, um, he was flirting with some woman, basically. And she said something about listening to Rock Kim. And he was like, a woman that knows sports and listens to Rock Kim is like the paragon of, well, you know, you know, like some stuff like that, right? The kind of, th- you know, the kind of stuff you say. And he said that. And I retweeted it. And I was like, I prefer the girls who like yin yang. And that's the truth, by the way. Like, I wasn't exaggerating on that one. I'm from South, man. And I was like, yeah, I prefer the girls who like yin-yang. And he said something like in the course of the exchange, I need to go see if I can find it at some point. But he said something to the effect of, yeah, there's a difference between me and him. Uh, He likes dumb girls. I like smart girls. So, you know, the Internet ate his ass up, right? Right, like you know, they went and got him for that one. They absolutely got him for that one. And I'm like, again, maybe it's just because I went to a black college in the South. I ain't never been in no situation to ever consider, even for a moment, that like twerking meant to take you less seriously. In fact, there was nothing better than one of these I be taking you seriously types that y'all talking about and then showing up at the party and then seeing a drop into the ground. 
Y'all don't love that? Y'all don't want that? Y'all got a problem with that? Like, I guess I didn't grow up in a space where there was some, like, distinction between girls who twerk and girls who don't. Nah, they all, they actually twerking, dog. Be glad. Say thanks. Like, what are you talking about? Well, I can't take her seriously as a rapper if she be twerking. Can you listen to her rap? Like, think about all the ridiculous things these dudes is out here doing in rap, and not once is anybody out here talking about, I can't take you seriously for it. Like, real talk. Like, let me know. Like, like what is this? You know, like, what, what are you talking? What, do, what does one of these dudes have to do to make you not take them seriously? What is it? Use auto-tune? For real, like, I need to know. Like, like what is, if, if twerking is what makes you not take these women seriously, what is required for you to not take a man seriously as he's rapping? Help me help you. Appreciate the question. Let me see what else we got here. DeMarcus says, I'm trying to find that two Ray exchange. It is just both flavor the shit out of him on different days. I do feel like I had a run there while I was probably a little too hard on two Ray. Like, sometimes I can just decide I ain't really feeling you and it can be that. I think he, I think he got in the car crosshairs at one point. It happens. Anyway, I'll find that later. Ooh, boy, we're running low on questions. I'm going to try to find one more. Free niggas coming back to Atlanta and it's family friendly. Your thoughts. Didn't I just say I don't want these thoughts questions? I know you was in here. Anyway, I saw something about the the family friendly Free Nick. Uh, And basically, I mean, they're calling it Free Nick, but it's a concert. And I mean, he's got some acts I would go see, but uh, the the person behind it says something about you know we don't want you to think that this is the old freak Nick which people associate with chaos and da 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 and all this stuff. And I don't mean no disrespect, but if you don't want us to associate this new freak Nick with the old freak Nick, then why the hell did you call it freak Nick? Like the only point in taking on the name of freak Nick is to be associated with freak Nick. So, like, if that's what, not what you want us to think about, that's cool. I just don't understand why you decided to make that the name of the joint if that's the way you was looking at it. Right? Like, am I the only person that's a little confused there? Good. This Nipsey's murder is resurrecting the black-on-black crime tropes from people talking about that we need to have a real conversation. Am I wrong for eye-rolling at this thing? I mean, I don't think you're wrong for eye-rolling about it, but I would just make this point because I feel like, at least for me, this is this is the thing with that stuff. I seen people then, they're like, man, it's always the people in your neighborhood that take you down when you're trying to do better. Some ridiculous proportion, and ridiculous isn't the right word, but you'll understand me, but some ridiculous proportion of crime is committed largely based on proximity. It's committed based on familiarity. Most people are killed by people they know. That applies to black people and everybody else. 
And people, when this stuff happens, just always go to a man. You know, this is the problem with black people. This is the problem with the hood. I mean, kind of, I guess. I mean, from everything I'm reading, Nipsey got shot all of a sudden. That wasn't nothing worth shooting over, right? Uh, it should be noted, by the way, that when they talk about the likelihood that this killer is going to get shot in jail, uh, killed in jail, everybody seems okay with that, though. Yeah, like that's the kind of that's the kind of black on black crime you can get behind, right? Anyway, um, but yeah, no, nah, I mean you just find out. I mean, a lot of this racism has just been internalized, and they're gonna jump onto why we do it to ourselves. And there's always a white man sitting around, like, hell yeah, that's what I'm talking about, and then you go from there. All right, let me see if I got one more for you. You see your boy's a little tired. Oh, here's another thoughts question. Thoughts on Chicago's first African-American female mayor. I think Chicago has its first African-American female mayor. There you go. And 80 y'all voted for that, by the way. What were you looking for? Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, thanks so much for joining us here on The Evening Jones. Try to do this thing here about once a week if we can. My man Lance Gilliam handles everything behind the scenes. Thank you, sir. Uh, Remember, subscribe to the – if you can't watch The Evening Jones Live, subscribe to the podcast. Subscribe to the iTunes Store. Subscribe to Stitcher Radio. Check us out at SoundCloud. We are also at the Google Play Store. All right? Talk to you guys a little later. Take it easy.